Hi, this is not your boy. You don't know me from anywhere. My name is Shegun and you're listening to Hard Drops with Seals. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Hard Drops with Seals. Today's episode is a continuation of last week's episode. If you missed it, please go back and catch up on it. It's available everywhere on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podopolo, Anchor FM, or your browser once you click the link. So catch up on last week's episode. There's details on what temperaments are, the kinds of temperaments we have, difference between temperament, character, and personality, and you know just all the foundational knowledge that we would need to proceed on this topic. So you can pause right now if you haven't listened, go back to last week, listen, and then come back and play. Thank you very much. So last week we discussed temperaments in relationships, getting to know you. This week we'll be discussing temperaments in relationships, getting to know others. Very important. Now that you know yourself, you know your temperament, you understand your strengths and your weaknesses, you're probably already making changes to your behavior and adjusting and tweaking yourself to be better for you and for other people. It's important to now know the temperament of those who are around you, your friends, your parents, your partners, your boss, your colleagues, people around you. It may sound like it's exhausting, but it isn't because you already know these people, you're already getting familiar with them, right? Just make a conscious effort to understand their temperament and you know, just understand how to communicate with them better and how to manage your relationships, how to manage your strengths and weaknesses. The point of this podcast is to help you improve your relationships. So it is important to even understand who these people are in relation to who you are and just find how to merge both um, personalities and both temperaments and how everyone can just, you know, succeed and move on and enjoy better relationships. That's the whole point, right? Right. Now let's get right into it. So now you know your temperament, you should know what your friend's temperaments are, analyze their behavior. Are they choleric? Are they sanguine? Are they phlegmatic? Are they melancholy? You can deduce this from their actions, from how they speak, how they behave, how they react in certain situations. You know, your choleric friend is probably the one who reacts best or, you know, the swiftest in emergencies because they have the ability to think very fast and they're very proactive, they're very task driven. So you already understand all these things about their personalities from the breakdown from last week. And yeah, it just helps everyone to move along better. Now, this is a reminder that you have your strengths, you have your weaknesses. The same applies for the people around you, your parents. I know we have high standards for our parents because you just think, oh, they're adults. They've been adults for a very long time. They should know what they're doing with their life. Not really. It's not automatic. Most of them are not self-aware enough to understand their own behavior. They are just, you know, kind of like learning on the job or just going with the flow. They have responsibilities. They have children. They have family members to cater to. And they may not really have the time or the, like I said, self-awareness to sit back and say, why am I like this? Why do I behave like this? Why are my children behaving like this? They just want things done and they want it done when they want or how they want. So the onus is upon you and I to handle our parents better. And I'm, I'm being particular about this because people have conflicts with their parents and it's like, you don't even know why. People just don't agree. You just don't gel. There are personality differences, obviously, there are temperamental differences. And I think that if you understand your parents and their temperament, it will help you relate to them better. If you already know your mom is a melancholy, you know what she doesn't like. She's more of like a perfectionist. When you're approaching her, even in your behavior or your attitude, it's not like it's not being a slave or, you know, living in fear of her. You just know how she reacts in certain things and you can manage yourself better just to reduce conflict. 
I tell my friends that your parents are already the way they are. My parents are already the way they are. You really can't start preaching to them now to change. Ah, mommy, you are choleric. Oh, you came, calm down. You have to be, you know, less aggressive. She's already the way she is. You are more enlightened. You have access to more information. So you should be the one to try to change or tweak that relationship to favor the both of you. Now, for your relationships and for your friendships, it's very important to have standards of how you want to be treated. Don't let anybody bamboozle you and say, I'm a choleric, I can shout at you if I want. Don't do that. We don't do that around here. Have your standards of how you want to be treated. At the same time, you have to learn to leave allowance for people. Allow them to be human. Allow them to be flawed. You are also human and you are also flawed. Give people that breathing space. Nobody is perfect. You are not perfect. We are all just learning to adapt with one another because of personal differences, you know, bringing in just lifestyle and how we, you know, and value systems and all that. So it's important to always remember that the people around you are human beings dealing with different things in life. You calm down. Let everybody calm down. Now, once you know your friend's temperament or your partner's temperament and i think that if you truly love somebody if you truly care about somebody you will learn how to love them right so once you understand their temperament you can now you know wait with yours so my friend is choleric and melancholy or my friend is sanguine and i'm phlegmatic how do we balance our relationship these things are important you know and as everybody gets better you learn to communicate you learn to balance you learn to just um handle your differences differently right because you know that your choleric friend may be a yeller even though they're trying to work on that and maybe you are more calm and things get to you easily you can it can help you to handle conflict in a better way in a wiser way where you don't have to now keep malice or just cut off communication if some differences can be resolved and if they can be resolved why not just resolve it why not just try to understand where this person is coming from and you know resolve conflicts as soon as possible i have some helpful suggestions to temperament and for temperament for example to the choleric and for people who live or are associated with a choleric so that's how we'll be doing for the four temperaments now the first one is to the choleric so the choleric as a lover as a friend as a parent or as a boss if you are a choleric you already know your strengths you're a natural leader you're task driven you're independent you're goal oriented you're very quick to think very quick to act you just have that energy for work and for getting things done that is wonderful and we need people like you we need more people like you or we need people like you to you know do more and to you know take charge because not everybody has that strength to just be the first to get things done and to prefer solutions so that's a very good attribute that you have and it is wonderful that you keep it up and you keep refining it and just keep getting better at it now some of your weaknesses are that you can be quite restless because like i said you're very energetic and you like to get things done the choleric is restless is can be impulsive and they can be stubborn sometimes they can be prideful these are things that you would need to work on to better your relationships with other people nobody wants to be around somebody who is proud or who is rigid want things to be done your way if it's not your way it's not going to work you know i know that nobody really likes that it makes people not comfortable around you even if you are the leader even if you are the parent you have to still learn to control this part of your temperament and be open to suggestions be open to people teaching you be open to other people's perspective that's to the choleric learn how to deal with people don't just focus on work try to think about people and their emotions as a parent or as a boss who is a choleric 
if you are too rigid or you bully people around you or you just enforce your authority on them and make them do what you want yes the job will get done but you won't have friends you won't have people who truly care about you you get the work done but after that everybody's sad nobody is motivated no everybody just feels used or abused that doesn't work that does that is not a healthy environment to live in things don't grow in that kind of environment you also have to be careful with your words when you are angry or when you are upset you don't just talk down at people or speak harshly to people try to control your emotions that's to the choleric and for those who have cholerics in their lives you can help them by appreciating their strength like i said they they are very strong-willed they are very driven they are they are leaders you know and they are very independent so appreciate their strengths tell them how proud you are of them highlight the things that they are good at of course they have their weaknesses right but highlight the things they are good at their strengths you know how they are organized how they get results how they get the work done how they respond in emergency let them know how much you appreciate their strengths something else you can do is to give them opportunities to show those strengths allow them to lead allow them to take initiative just allow them be the choleric they are don't try and stifle them and don't feel threatened by them and say oh i won't let you do this because you will take the shine and you will take the glory allow them it's a natural instinct to get things done in conflict with a choleric try to be calm in the heat of anger a choleric is susceptible to violence by default not all of them i'm just saying like by default most cholerics are susceptible to violence so in conflicts or in the heat of anger you try to become i don't want dealing with a choleric they can get feisty they can get aggressive so you try to become with them with your parents or with your friend or with your lover or with your sibling you be the calm one and try to reason with them they like facts they like you know they, they like people who are logical and people who can reason so don't get overly emotional with them try to be logical and try to be calm with a choleric in conflict at the workplace if you have a choleric boss or a choleric you know colleague or a superior something that would really help you get along with them is to be sharp when you are working don't be sluggish don't be lazy be sharp with the choleric because they are very task driven they want to get the work done as soon as possible and move on to the next project be sharp complete your task when there's a problem try to present possible solutions don't just say eh, file has finished oh hey what do we do printer is not working no files are missing no prefer solutions so what do we do are the files backed up to the cloud how can we get them where can we get fail who can we send how soon can we get them they like people who think fast and who can you know work well in emergency i'm not saying you know live to impress them is this just help you to relate with them better they don't want people who are sluggish or who are lazy so you try to be sharp and complete your task as soon as you can when you are giving a choleric information be precise come prepared and come certain with facts don't come with hey, i'm not sure or maybe it probably is, is most likely be sure of what you are saying because you would seem um, unintelligent to them when you are sluggish or you don't have your facts all together if you have a choleric boss or a choleric parent you have to be able to think fast you have to be able to be logical you know sometimes when you're working with them this is the problem how do we get it done if loyalty was a love language that would definitely be the choleric's love language they love people who are loyal who can prove that you know what no matter what i have you and you have me it doesn't mean you don't um, if they misbehave or they do something wrong you can't correct them or show them a better way they want to have that feeling or that sense of security that somebody is in their corner 
no matter what. So if you have a choleric friend, one way you can show that you truly love them is by being loyal to them. Not loyal to their rubbish behavior or to a bad habit that they have, but just loyal to who they are and the potential of, you know, the greatness that they can be. Loyalty is very important to a choleric and their love language would be acts of service. It usually is acts of service. It depends on who you are dealing with, but most time it's acts of service. Like I said, they are work driven, they are task driven, they want to get things done. So if you can do things around the house for them or you can just get your work done, just, you know, show acts of service, show that you care for them by doing things for them. A choleric would truly, truly appreciate this. Now, moving to the next one, the melancholy. So the melancholy, you if you are melancholy, you know that you are logical, you are organized, you are very creative, you are cautious, you are a good listener, you are self-sacrificing, you are very compassionate. In the workplace, a melancholy can self-supervise. Once they know what to do, you really don't need to check in on them every hour or every 30 minutes because they are already by nature perfectionists, right? So once they know what to do, they will get the job done as soon as they can so that is the strength that the melancholy has some of their weaknesses are that they are very critical because they are perfectionists and they like things to be a certain way they can be very critical they they might not be open to new ideas they are already used to a method and they really don't want to change so that is a weakness because you have to learn to be flexible another weakness is they complain because like i said they expect things to be a certain way and when it is not like that they complain which is also a weakness they self-blame and they self-doubt a lot it's like the strongest weakness of a melancholy is being a perfectionist because if it's not a certain standard it's not good enough they would trash talk it or not believe in it or just sabotage something because they feel it's not good enough several times where they have maybe projects and if they feel it's not good enough they can abandon it or they just you know don't believe in it because they think it's not a, it's not meeting a particular standard i think this is the strongest weakness of a melancholy now what you need to learn as a melancholy is that you have to allow other people help you you have high standards the truth is that sometimes they can be met but maybe not alone maybe you need to allow other people help you you need to see other people's points of view you know and this will really help you a lot because you are the one seen from your own perspective you may not see it from a choleric's point of view or a sanguine's point of view or a phlegmatic's point of view. This used to be me for the longest time. I was very into myself. When I have a problem, I want to just face it by myself and handle it. I won't involve anybody else, you know, and it really didn't help me. I was struggling with so many things for a very long time. I just kept it to myself because I felt, oh, let me not bother anyone. Let me just handle it myself. But I could not. I did not have enough strength or enough wisdom at the time to handle those problems. It's very important that you allow other people help you allow other people to motivate you when you are down on motivation when you don't believe in yourself when you are doubting yourself and blaming yourself allow your friends or people in your lives to motivate you because you require motivation sometimes another thing is you have to allow people to be imperfect yes melancholies have high standards of people in their lives your friends should do this your friends should be this your parents or your you know workers should meet this level of perfection but it's not always realistic so allow people be imperfect because you are also imperfect you already know this right but allow other people be imperfect around you another thing is you have to learn to forgive learn to forgive learn to um let go of things because melancholies are very emotional and they process thoughts very deeply so when somebody 
when when there's a conflict with, with a melancholy that you're already thinking oh why did this happen what did i do why did they do this just so many why so many what so many questions because they just want to understand what is going on but in the process you can overanalyze and overthink problems and it's just become a bigger deal than it really is so you have to learn to forgive and let go of negative emotions very very quickly the last thing here is stop internalizing the hurt from other people when people offend you know melancholies they tend to internalize it a lot and it can weigh them down for a very long period of time every time you think of the person you just get sad all over again like why did they do this to me why is why did this happen what did i do wrong why did they behave like that why did they betray me or why did i you know so many whys just internalizing every pain somebody else is misbehaving and you're taking the blame for it this has to stop for you to live your best life for you to um just be the best that you can be for those who have melancholies in their lives remember that they have high standards melancholies have high standards so when they send you you know on a task or when you are working with them please ask for specifications ask a melancholy so how do you want me to go about this most likely they won't take it as you being stupid or being naive they understand that you respect their decision on that given task so ask a melancholy how would you like me to do this or is there a particular way you want me to go about this and just reason with them even if they have their own set way of doing something if the truth is with a melancholy you can always convince them if you have a good point if i'm used to doing this in a particular way i'm used to boiling my rice this way and you come and say oh this method is good but this is another method i think you should try a melancholy will listen to you more than when you say your method is bad don't do it this way this is how you should do it just saying another thing to note is that when you are dealing with a melancholy in conflict don't get confrontational don't yell at them a melancholy does not do well with yelling no matter what you do you know your doings don't yell at a melancholy don't shout at a melancholy there are two things that can happen in confrontation with a melancholy they either shrink away from you just avoid you completely because they don't want to be in that space with you or they will hurt you back with words believe me a melancholy is critical so even before you are aware of the things you are doing wrong they have seen 10 things that you have done wrong that day you know because of the standards they have they have already analyzed you and they have seen your weaknesses and your flaws really don't want a melancholy to list out your weaknesses for you because they will and it will pain you just know that if you have a melancholy in your life learn to empathize with them because like i said the self-blame a lot they self-doubt a lot sometimes don't think they are good enough or their ideas are good enough so if you have a melancholy in your life give them reassurances empathize with them tell them you understand them and just you know be there for them be there to listen or be there to just share your thoughts with them be careful with your words around the melancholy because like i said they deep things a lot they are very very emotional and they hold on to words a lot Something else you can do for a melancholy is to encourage them to take wise risks and to leave their comfort zone. A melancholy is very set in their ways, you know, or usually is very set in their ways. So when they are used to something, they don't want to try something new. And that can be a stumbling block because you cannot always be in a safe space and grow. You need to sometimes leave your comfort zone or just take some risk to grow and to do better. A melancholy may think they are not equipped enough to do something because they always feel like they have to be 100% to achieve something. But if you are friends with them, if you are their parents or you are their partners, you should try to encourage them. Tell them that this, you know, let them know that 
everything is achievable they don't have to have it all figured out just take a step and keep moving forward and that is how they can grow for love languages a melancholy's love language is most likely words of affirmation because like i said they, they need reassurance they need to know how important they are if you have a melancholy in your life reassure them love them with your words and let them always know how much you care about them how much you love them the truth is they are fighting a lot of self-doubt they always believe they're not good enough or they are not you know strong enough or they're not wise enough they just don't believe that they're doing the best they can so you telling them that you see them you love them you praise them for the strengths they have and the good things that they do that will really go a long way for a melancholy uh, our time is fast spent today and I really can't go on with the phlegmatic and the sanguine and I will do that next week. That will be the final episode for Temperaments and I would be able to cover everything in next week's episode. Apologies to the sanguines and the phlegmatics. We shall see next week. As usual, I'm waiting for your feedback. I'm waiting for your comments. I'm waiting for your questions. Everything that you think about this about today's episode, let me know in my DM in the comment section. Please, 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 please help my life, help my ministry. I really hope that, you know, this topic as a whole would help you and help your relationship will be a blessing to you because it has helped me. It is still helping me. It is, you know, helping me to make the best of my relationships around me. So I hope it does the same for you. I hope that you become a better person and have better relationships because of topics like this. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing the links. Thank you for everything that you do to help this podcast grow. I love you. I appreciate you. See you next week. Bye.